Hello, so we're looking at 1 Samuel and we're looking from chapter 12 to 16. Now there's so much one can unpack from a narrative and in this narrative there's a lot of uh, facts, there's a lot of archaeological evidences, historical background and one can get, um, I would say, so uh, so entrapped within it that you are unable to see the full story. I would like to, as usual, take a overview through the book. And so in that, you capture the essence of the story and as to how it's developed and will develop as we proceed through the uh, other parts of the scriptures and see how this ties in. So we're looking at chapter 12 and we are, we've got this account of Saul who's been chosen and he's been chosen by a lot uh, in, in current context by chance but not altogether chance even in the chance God is in control which is very I would call it uh, uh, one would say well the aspect of free will how much of one's free will is out of the control of God's will and so here you see that even though they've had cast lots to determine who would be the uh, king and from the Benjamin tribe and uh, Benjamin tribe and it broken down broken down until they said is there still a man that that's outstanding and God is the one who instructs them says he's hiding in the baggage so it shows you that even even in the I would give it the, the un the undisclosed information uh, God sees everything right so now we're looking at chapter 12 and we're seeing that how they are fighting and Saul is is getting a bit personal yeah it's looking like it's he's doing his own thing uh, he starts off being very doing very well and he does exactly what the Lord has asked him not to do it comes to a point even later his men starts uh, holding back things that God has said not to do and um, holding back livestock and also drinking the blood of the animals so you get all that which uh, which was very clear that are not to be part of uh, the people of God and so you see this king isn't any great but he starts off very well he he shows how that he takes charge uh, and out of 30,000 people is able to defeat 300,000 through uh, God working with him and bringing salvation to Israel and um, you get to 13 now in chapter 13 and you see that we now have a story where Saul fights the Philistines and um, there's unlawful sacrifice this is the part of it is that um, he is impatient and he wants to bring the burnt offerings here he's not a priest remember he's the he's from the tri tribe of Benjamin and it's the Levites who, who, or the priest who put the sacrifice and he's unable to wait so he's uh, he decides to do this by himself and so Samuel says to Saul very clearly you have done it foolishly and you have not kept the commandments of the Lord your God with which he commanded you for the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever but he doesn't he does it with, uh, with David then so you get to see that and then there's this, I would say, 
um, at this point in chapter 14, there's so much here. One is that Saul is found at the outskirts of Gibeah in a pomegranate cave. I mean, cave. So you see, there's got a little footnote there. If you look at verse uh, number six, it says, under the pomegranate tree. So he's there under the pomegranate tree in a cave at Magron. And now what is he doing there with 600 men, including uh, Ahijah and the son of uh, Ahitabab and uh, Ichabod's brother? Oh, you remember Ichabod? The glory had departed, yeah? And with the son of uh, Phinehas, the son of Eli, the priest. So these guys are still around. So wearing the ephod. So they are still still serving in the temple, but he's taken all of them and he's hiding. He's, uh, one would say he's hiding or is he preparing? I, you know, you just got to read on. But you see at this point here, there's a bit of a mixture in his service to God because I I believe here as every king would think that he is in his own kingdom, not realizing that when it's part of God's kingdom, it's never a king that would match to his ruler, rule uh, reign. And so here you have this conflict going on. Samuel is trying to build up his own um, his own kingdom within the kingdom uh, of God that he makes it protective and then Saul comes in and he tries to build in his kingdom over that which which uh, overlaps into Samuel's one and God is king of all so Samuel somewhat believes that you know what um, this uh, Saul is a king that has now replaced his function that's, I believe, why it says that um, he's not, the, the people have not rejected him, they've rejected God. So they, it's a good illustration for us as Christian ministers in that we believe that whatever we are doing belongs to us. In fact, it's the total contrast. All that we do belongs to him and God, by his goodness and mercy, has allowed us to share into his vision not we sharing, he's sharing into our vision. That's where the mistake is. So Samuel had his own vision as to how he ran things and Saul had his own vision and how he ran things and God has a total vision that's not limited to their timeline because they will all pass away at some point. But God's, will, God's kingdom and God's reign will always be forever. And so you see that they are constantly... Um, in conflict if you look at chapter 14 you see that and the blood the, uh, the people ate the blood uh, ate uh, and, and they ate them with the blood and then told Saul behold the people are sinning against the Lord by eating with the blood so you see this is becoming a a uh, I would very very lazy type of um, obedience to the Lord. It's like, you know, Eho, we'll just carry on and get on with things. And what, what so what if people are eating the thing? And so what if, if we have to burn the sacrifice without, uh, you know, Samuel, he's not here. And it's like these little small issues that is being glossed over by the king has caused a great offense to God because it removes the order that God had established. And so you remember even in with the uh, the priest has the uh, Thuman and the uh, uh, Urim. And here that, that, that's also here being put in to be able to determine what the Lord has, uh, 
where to go and wh- who's who's sinned. Now, what I can't understand or having difficulty to understand is that Saul makes a vow, and his son isn't there, but yet his son is is also um, part of the vow that his father makes, and and it's so amazing that a vow. Uh, that is made by this king or anyone in the scripture, even Hannah or anyone that makes a vow, it actually comes to pass and that the people actually will see that uh, if they had, if God had blessed them, they will see through that they fulfilled that vow. Uh, or if they made a mistake, they would know that that vow that they made had been broken. How much of what we speak today so carelessly that we lose focus as to that vow we made, that promise we made, and we break it and we think nothing of it. Do you not think that that word that you uttered would be accountable at some point in the future? God will hold you to it. And so we go to chapter 15, and now they are uh, fighting and uh, they are dealing with the Amalek. And these are not just ordinary guys. These are quite... uh, strong type of people but I not really want to go down that way I want to talk about um, how Samuel says has the Lord as great delight in burn sacrifices of offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord behold to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams for rebellion is as the sin of divination and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has rejected you from being king. And you see this when he, when he turns, he also grabs hold of his, uh, his garment and his robe and he tears it as a sign of a prophetic declaration that uh, Samuel has, uh, Saul has lost. His, the kingdom that he was stewarding over. And then there's a spirit that's uh, come from the Lord that is there to torment him. And then David comes in and plays the music. And so you see that and the spirit departs from him. Now, it's quite interesting that you have that passage of this uh, divination and how rebellion is a sin of divination. So why is rebellion a sin as divination? When you're thinking of divination, you're thinking of magic, which is not correct. You're, you need to be thinking of that which is of witchcraft, that which God will, wants you to do, which is the, the, uh, the fulfillment of his commandments. But you don't want to do that. You don't want to obey that. So you fulfill a lawless one, which is that which is according to your own. And how you fulfill it is by manipulation and by your own defiance against him. So yeah, you are now trying to reign your own kingdom within his kingdom, just like these two characters. I won't say that um, Samuel is any innocent in this. I don't. I mean, if you look at Nathan and David, how Nathan is a good prophet to um, David and how he comes and tries to restore him. We all have a responsibility and God gives us uh, the grace to fulfill it. I mean, Moses, how many times the people have heard God and he intercedes for them. It's as if Samuel, I don't really want to say it, but 
you think Samuel here is a bit cheesed off that uh, there's a king that replaces his, his, I would say, function, and his sons wouldn't be, he probably prepared his sons for the ministry, and his sons now wouldn't, and so after this would be David, and uh, David is anointed. So with that, one needs to look at one's own life and say, Lord, am I listening to you? And Lord, am I burning my sacrifices prematurely? Am I doing my own will rather than your will? Am I listening to the voices of those around me that are saying, thus saith the Lord, and I'm going my own way? Am I burning sacrifices and bulls and, and sacrifices of showing to, to alleviate any guilt and yet not dealing with the heart of my rebellion heart? That's that. If that's where you are at now, you've got to be able to say, there's the life of Samuel, there's the life of Saul, and here's the life of David. And you don't have to live their lives. You merely got to live yours in being able to, in reflection to the Word of God. So have a good Saturday. God bless you.